bad is your Diet Coke habit really? In the nutrition world, there's plenty of research on artificial sweeteners and their effect on body weight or blood sugar in people with diabetes. And more recently, there's been research on how artificial sweeteners impact your gut health. But what about your mental wellness? Well, that's today's episode. We dug into the research on the most common artificial sweeteners used in drinks and whether or not they influence your mood. Let's dive in. Today, we are talking about diet drinks, which, I mean, I'm just going to throw her under the bus here. I mean, Carolyn has a sweet spot on a hot summer day for a Diet Coke. A Coke Zero. A Coke Zero, excuse me. A mini Coke Zero. A mini Coke Zero. Get it right. So, we decided to take a look at these diet drinks and how the artificial sweeteners that are in them may be affecting your thinking and your mood. Do you think this is what's wrong with me? (laughs) It could be. As we were talking about this, Carolyn, you pointed out that in the summer, you're more likely to have a Coke Zero in the afternoon. Rather than coffee or tea. Right. Exactly. Whereas I said, oh, I would just go get an iced like latte um, versus a hot. I have gotten known to, because I have gotten known to spin drift. I love Spindrift. And I'm kind of almost hooked on those more. They're delicious. Just don't get too hooked because they're not exactly um, yeah. the most affordable option at the grocery store. That's true. But they are delicious. Okay. Well, let's start off by talking a little bit about the artificial sweeteners in diet drinks. And we're going to kind of focus on the ones on diet sodas. But yes. just so you understand what's in that Diet Coke or that Coke Zero. Um, a little better and how that connects to like the pink packet or the blue packet or the yellow packet that you see well because there are a lot of sugar substitutes out there like take like stevia right that's a sugar substitute that is not an artificial sweetener yes so you've got your as a whole you've got these group of what they call non-nutritive sweeteners Within that, you've got your artificial sweeteners, which are like the chemical ones, the ones made in a lab. And then you've got your ones that are more plant-based, like your monk fruit and your stevia. Right. And then you have your sugar alcohols. And then you do have your sugar alcohols. Which don't have alcohol in them, FYI. We're going to mainly focus today on the artificial, the chemical ones. And depending on what generation you are... You were very familiar with artificial sweeteners. Like you probably, when when you think of sugar substitutes, like that's immediately what you think of because that is what, I feel like that's like, you go out, you used to go out to dinner and it was like, that was the option at the dinner table if somebody yeah. got coffee or. It makes me cringe if I see somebody reach for the pink packet. But now after doing this research, I, I think I'm going to have to like jump in and stop them if I see them reaching for the blue packet. Right. You might just say, let me tell you a yeah. little story. Let's jump in a little more. So these artificial sweeteners are essentially chemicals that your taste receptors perceive as sweet. Kind of tricks them. Right. Yeah. And the most common ones that you see used in diet drinks are aspartame, saccharin. Oh, gosh. I'm going to need help with this one. Asulfame potassium. You see it called shortened as ACE-K. And that's how it's usually listed on labels, too, because we did a little grocery shopping rendezvous. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And they do list it usually as ACE K. Yeah. And then sucralose is one you don't see as much, but you are starting to see it a little more, maybe because manufacturers know people are not wanting aspartame and they're not wanting saccharin. So you want to connect the dots for people on like aspartame, what that is at the coffee store with the packets. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so the sucralose, the one let's like, I'm going to go in reverse of this list we've got here. So sucralose the one that Carolyn was just saying is not is maybe more now in drinks, but it's not typically. It's definitely one I see added to foods, which makes sense when you learn that it's Splenda. Yeah, um, and it's so it's the sucralose is what you would equate to the yellow packet, right? The yellow packet with the pretty S on it. Then aspartame is equal or NutraSweet, which are both blue, right? Yeah, so aspartame is just blue in general. So you're going to see, you may see generic aspartame. It's still going to be in a blue packet. So if you see the blue packet, it's aspartame. Doesn't matter what brand it is or what they rename it, NutraSweet, Nutra yeah. Sugar. I don't you know. And then that, like, this is the one that is seared in my mind forever just from growing up. Not because we had it a lot. I just remember it being in the little things in the restaurant is the pink one is sweet and low and that's saccharin yes oh it tastes horrible i i don't know you've never (laughs) had it i mean i don't i don't i don't like the taste of artificial sweeteners in general and i I feel like this (laughs) one is like noticeably bad none of them are great yeah well maybe that's why i historically have not liked diet soda but i do like regular soda yeah Well, and like we said, we're not talking about the plant-based ones. We're talking about the artificial, the chemical ones. So that's why we didn't mention stevia, which is in the green packet. Um, You are starting to see stevia used in some drinks. Oh, yeah. I I definitely found it in some drinks, like particularly... um, um, Vitamin Water Zero, I know, uses stevia. Yeah, and, and I feel like I see it a lot now in drinks that are either meant to be healthier or want to be perceived that way like i was seeing at the grocery store in protein infused water as the sweetener of choice protein infused water yeah (laughs) yeah that's a thing Mm -hmm. is it thick i don't know i didn't drink it i don't want to find out that well i mean i will say i feel a lot like i'm making a better if i'm gonna drink a diet drink i feel like i'm making slightly healthier choice if I'm drinking one like a vitamin water zero sweetened with stevia versus a diet drink that has aspartame or saccharin you don't think I get extra points for that oh no you're looking at me no I'll give you points just because it's plant more plant-based and it's not the chemicals made in the lab the aspartame the saccharin the ones that are like truly come out of a lab those are the ones that scare me well after some of this research, I yeah. don't really know that I want any of them. But the thing is, is that maybe stevia or monk fruit extract or whatever is, I mean, maybe it's going to turn out to be fine. Yeah. Well, let's go through some diet sodas just to give you, if you're wondering, uh, you know, oh, I love diet Pepsi. wonder what's in that. Because it does vary some. So we pulled some of the popular drinks We went and looked. And I have to say, too, that, like, before we, just before we started recording, I had said to Carolyn, I was like, look, I feel like we need to make sure that we don't just focus on diet sodas. And that came from a very selfish perspective. Like, I don't drink diet sodas. I just don't like them. But if someone says to me diet drinks, 
I always pause and I think I'm like, I need to go back and look because I've definitely made some choices and I don't know if they have, if they would be considered like a diet drink. Yeah. So like I started drinking this new electrolyte, electrolytes that I've been adding to water. As Ultima? A, as, no, as a little experiment to see, um, just to see kind of how it made me feel, especially like when it's been so hot lately. Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out there's, uh, I can't remember if it was stevia. I'm looking right now at or my electrolyte powder. if it was monk fruit. But it, it was one of those, like, you know, healthier sounding ones because they're A, newer, B, plant-based, you know, and they they technically, I believe, are allowed to call themselves natural. Um, and I thought, oh, my gosh, after all this here, I thought I wasn't going to fall in this category, but I am. I yeah. am absolutely in the diet drink category, and you I are. had no idea. You can't. Just judge me. Okay, I drink the Ultima electrolyte powder, and it has stevia. And I I felt better doing that because it had stevia. But, okay, let's talk about what's used in some popular diet sodas and drinks. So, Diet Coke is aspartame. So, that's NutraSweet. Yep. Yeah. Uh, your favorite Coke Zero? Coke Zero is aspartame and Ace K, which... I was talking to Les, our producer, before you got here, Briarly, is, like, is it better? It probably, Coke Zero probably has less aspartame because it also has Ace K. So does that make it a little better? It has less aspartame? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Which we should let our listeners know that Carolyn and Les, they always have a little catch-up session because I am always late. Mm-hmm. Just a little behind the scenes. I'm always stressing about being late, but I can always count on Briarly oh, yeah. to make me feel better because she is never here when I get here. Never. Or if I am, the response I get is, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, we're recording, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. So, I derailed this. Diet Pepsi. Diet Pepsi's aspartame again. So essentially, Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi are the same. Diet Sprite is aspartame and Ace K. Mm-hmm. Sparkling ice, sparkling water in those tall, skinny bottles yeah. is saccharin. With, like, I mean, I think I saw 15 flavors. Oh, yeah. It's saccharin. Uh, Grapey Co. You, you checked out Grapey Co. diet soda. I did, which, if you are, I don't know if Grapey Co., I'm assuming it goes beyond Birmingham, but I learned recently that it's, um, like, it's a southern, I don't know if it's, like, a Birmingham, Alabama thing. Oh. Or if it's like a southeastern thing, I never heard of Grapey Co. They don't have it in Vermont. No. <laughs> or if they do, I've never seen it. I'd never heard of it. I never saw the packaging, but I was like, oh, I really want to look at this. So Grapey Co. Diet Soda is aspartame and Ace K. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see the majority of what's used is going to be aspartame, Ace K, and saccharin and i will say we didn't mention we were going through the packets like what is in the pink packet what is in the blue we didn't mention ace k because it's not it's not used like in a packet form it's not sold like on the grocery store shelf shelf yeah it's just used like in manufacturing so now that now that we have ruined everybody's what do people need to know of diet sodas about diet sodas diet drinks and their mental health well, one of the things that you and I didn't really address yet, like even in our outline and talking before we started recording, was that there's a ton of research on 
artificial sweeteners and diet sodas, but it's typically around like weight loss or diabetes, or I'm sure there are others too. And that research has been, you know, been done for for decades, right? And I mean, beyond the safety part, which they had to do. Um, But what was interesting is now you look at, you know, diet drinks and mental health and they're really, well, first of all, there wasn't a ton, but second of all, most of it is fairly recent. Yeah. It's like no one ever thought to think, oh, how does this chemical that I'm ingesting affect the brain? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I kind of wonder, I'm like totally just making this up on the fly here, but I kind of wonder if it was because they started looking as like when gut health became mm-hmm. so in vogue, I if they were like, wait a minute, if it impacts your gut health in a potentially negative way, oh, I wonder what it might do to the brain. Yeah, yeah. So one of the very first studies was a large one. It had over two hundred sixty thousand participants, and it was back. It was published in two thousand fourteen. That's a big study. Yeah, yeah. And two thousand fourteen um, feels like a long time ago, but. In the scheme of like that being one of the first large ones, large studies that looked at diet, drinks, and depression specifically, like it wasn't just like an extra thing that they tallied on. I mean, that's that's new. So, to summarize really quick, higher intake of soft drinks and fruit drinks was associated with a higher risk of depression. Now, that includes sugar sweetened and artificially sweetened. Yeah. So, um, so overall intake, higher intakes was associated with depression. For fruit drinks and sweetened iced tea, this association was limited to primarily those that drank diet versions of fruit drinks and diet versions of sweet teas, so hmm. artificially sweetened teas. And then they did also look at coffee and tea in that study. Yeah, what's interesting is coffee and tea drinkers who didn't add a sweetener had a lower risk of depression. Which I would expect that based yeah. on some of the other research that we, you and I have looked um, at and talked those about. Those who added an artificial sweetener to their coffee or tea had a higher risk of depression, which is yeah. kind of interesting. That really is. And I'm trying to see if they added sugar or honey in this chart that you have here. Yeah, with the it, odds ratios. Yeah, it was not. Um, it did. It, it didn't have a. It, it was really, not problematic. It didn't have a negative or positive effect. Yeah, or uh, associated. Yeah. So, really interesting. Yeah, really interesting. So then you kept digging, yes. and you found some more recent studies, and some of the more recent studies kind of went out beyond depression, which I always like to see because I know everybody. We, at least we like to think that we talk about mental wellness on the whole. And so even for folks who don't have like a diagnosed mental health condition, this study is going to be a big Debbie Downer. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I'm glad you framed it up that way. Thanks. (laughs) So a 2021 study looked at over 200 college students and they completed questionnaires about their intake and frequency, you know, on a regular basis. Of artificial sweeteners. Of artificial sweeteners. Yeah. And they found that participants, college students who had a high or very high level of stress, had significantly higher consumption of artificial sweeteners. 
compared with those students who had very low or low stress. And they gave them like several tests to measure stress and that kind of stuff. Yeah. The students who were very, very stressed had also had the higher consumption of artificial sweeteners. That's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. It is interesting. and But important to probably note to people that like that was more of an association. So it they you don't know if like the drinking the artificial sweetener sweetened drinks is going to you can't say it caused it stoke stress more like that's a really interesting right or does stress stoke your interest in consuming artificial sweeteners yeah. although that said when we start to get into some of the other research and some of the other explanations of like what might be happening i do wonder if yeah well, let's the jump into it. increased consumption is problematic for stress. got everybody really excited. I know. I just I just keep, I'm like, spoiler alert over here. Wait, hold on, though. There was one part of that study, though, that we didn't talk about. Oh. So there wasn't, there was no association with anxiety. That was a good, that was More good. or less consumption was, neither was associated with anxiety. So that's good. Yeah. But can, stress. We can just talk about stress. But how do you really separate anxiety from stress? I don't know. Okay, anyway, another 2021 study. It wasn't on diet drinks specifically, but it kind of sheds light into why artificial sweeteners are, um, may be have a negative influence on your mental wellness. This study looked at the effect of food metabolites on the brain. How would you describe metabolites? Kind of like the broken down compounds from which you either drink, yeah. what they get broken down into in the yeah, body. Yeah, exactly. What do they get broken down into the body, into in the body, and then that's what they measure. Yeah. So metabolites from artificial sweeteners, the artificial sweeteners studied, appeared to be a neurotoxin, so a toxin to brain cells, and to disrupt tryptophan homeostasis, which would, would be mean like the balance of your yeah which would mean which would which decreases serotonin levels and causes abnormal levels of the b vitamin thiamine yeah and the b vitamins are involved in a lot of the neurotransmitter just the whole circuitry so not really good but you know i felt like most of the research we saw was on one specifically and that was aspartame yeah yeah that was the one that and that seems, honestly, in my opinion, I don't know about you, but that is kind of the one that was most troubling to me that really makes me not want to drink that Coke Zero. Well, so. now that you told everybody that you're afraid to drink your Coke Zero. <laughs> by the way, this is not sponsored by anybody who is anti-soda, and clearly it's not sponsored by anybody who is pro-soda. Yeah. Yeah, we should have contacted Spindrift. I know! We just don't think about those things. If anybody's listening, we're soliciting sponsorships from Spindrift. Okay. So aspartame specifically, do you want to share? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this was, I don't remember what year this study was, but anyway, it, this was kind of, again, another one where researchers. 2017. I can't remember. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the 2017 one. All right. So still sort of recent, pretty recent. So what they found was that consuming aspartame increased your levels of phenylalanine and aspartic acid in your brain. So what are those? Why do you even care about them? Well, they're important because they, they again, play with the creation and the release of a bunch of neurotransmitters. Like More specifically, they named out dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin which we've talked about a lot here. 
they all play a role in our mental wellness. You need them all, and you need them all at the right levels. Exactly. And this says these compounds, like, block the synthesis and release or inhibit the synthesis and release of dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin. That's not good. Yeah, that's three. But it also says aspartame acts as a chemical stressor. Yeah. Like, we never think about... Like ourselves being stressed. We think about stress like on our body, you know, yeah. as a whole, but we never think about like our little cells being stressed. But I think that's what they mean. Like it's acts as a chemical stressor on like a smaller Yeah, on a level well, on a smaller level, but still like yeah. a widespread scale. Yeah. And it elevates cortisol levels and causes the an excess of free radicals to be produced. Right. Which free radicals are not good then they go around looking for cells to damage they create inflammation and yeah not good exactly yeah they were saying that the high cortisol the excess free radicals may increase the brain's vulnerability to be affected by oxidative stress which can i mean it affects thinking it's that affects cognitive decline Mm -hmm. um it affects a lot of things in the brain and we didn't we didn't dive too deep into this in the podcast, but you did pull some great research that also showed that there was an association with, uh, I can't remember if it was aspartame specifically or if it was artificial sweeteners and cognitive decline, which lines up with all of the research that you've done on inflammation, not specifically here to mental wellness, but still goes to the point that like it affects your brain. Yeah. Everything leads back to inflammation. I know people think I'm crazy, but it really does. I don't think you're crazy. They're just like, oh, there she goes again yeah. talking about that inflammation. And <laughs> crazy I'm over here and I'm like, like, it's all about inflammation, guys. Are you listening to her? In 20 years, y'all are going to be like, she was brilliant. She was yeah. so ahead of her time. <laughs> we can start writing your obituary right now. <laughs> Sorry, that's very morbid. Thanks, Harley. So you morbid. are so positive today. I really am not. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so... We could bore listeners and dive into even more studies that we found, but I feel like... I feel like we've given them enough. I think we've given them enough, and I also think that their brain is probably going to be garbled if we keep going. So... What does this mean? What are the takeaways here? I know. I know, Carolyn, you asked that right before we started recording, and I was like, well, just don't drink them. Don't do it. Easy to say from someone who doesn't. Exactly. Who doesn't like them. I think... I mean... Looking at all this research will definitely make me think twice about my Coke Zero. And honestly, I've been kind of realizing, like, my Coke Zero, that first sip is great, but I don't really want it. Like, it doesn't leave me satisfied. Yeah. Can you find a replacement? Well, I've kind of been, I've been actually choosing the Spindrift over the Coke Zero in my outdoor fridge. I like it. I'm real proud of myself. You should be proud of yourself. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think if you, but I get some people have to have their diet drinks. And I get that. And I don't, we're not ones to say, cut it all out. I don't think that's ever the approach to go. But if you drink it frequently, if you think drink it daily, you know, I think it's something to maybe look at decreasing your quantity, decreasing your frequency slowly yes, to get it down some. I, I totally agree. And I will say when I met Will, he was a big diet coke diet dr pepper drinker um and he drank that and a lot of water Mm -hmm. and now he has shifted his diet soda addiction over to like bubble water 
Yeah, that's a big. Which is huge, great, yeah. except for the fact that like now he's got his like special flavors that he likes, and sometimes they're not available, and so it's become a whole new thing. Anyway, but point being is. He just kind of dialed it back like slowly because he found like LaCroix. Like, I, I think, introduced him to that and he and liked them. I think that's kind of, I think that's probably the way to go because that's kind of was like, I'm wanting, I'm wanting to choose the spindrift because I really want the spindrift over the soda. And so right. I'm letting myself kind of naturally gravitate. And I think yeah. that always works better than like forcing something. I totally agree. And then, though, what happened with him is then he just became, I think his taste buds kind of just started to change a little bit because he wasn't having it as often. And so he wasn't, you know, he was down to like one mini can a day. And then he kind of just, it just fell away. And But then we went to lunch earlier this week and they had Diet Dr. Pepper on the on the fountain machine oh did he want it oh yeah and he got it and he loved it and he enjoyed it but like that was it he was like you know i I," yeah he sat down at the table with this like soda looking drink and i was like oh i was like what'd you get and he's like they had diet dr pepper yeah i was like or no i don't know if it was even dr pepper if it was just like another root beer brand anyway well you know i think um another thing maybe to ask yourself like if you're one who always reaches for a diet soda in the afternoon like if I'm gonna have one it's gonna be mid-afternoon and you know kind of like why am I reaching for this am I wanting the caffeine am I wanting the sugar what am I what am I trying to get from it you yeah. know and then let that guide maybe an alternative yeah you know if you need the caffeine then okay let's find something else with caffeine you know if you need something bubbly if you need the carbonation and a little bit of sweetness then let's find an alternative to that. Well, and I also think, too, it's important to think about what your alternative is. And I'll use – it's not an equivalent example. But for me, if I have a glass of wine, I don't want to have dessert. But if I don't have a glass of wine, I want to have dessert. And then I'm like, well, uh, how does one assess whether or not the dessert or the wine, which one's the better well, choice? And then you have a lot of wine and you have both. Yeah, so true. But so if you're replacing your diet drink with something else, like what are you replacing it with? Like, are you going to like Starbucks and getting a true full sugar frappuccino type thing? Whipped cream. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. So, I mean, I think that how would you you, evaluate? We haven't discussed this. How would you? I'm scared. I'm just asking just your opinion. Um, like artificial sweeteners versus added sugar. A sugared coffee drink versus a diet drink. Let's say the sugar coffee drink is like 200 calories versus a zero calorie diet Coke. Which would you, which do you kind of think of as healthier? I mean, neither of them are great. I kind of lean towards the sugary 200 calorie coffee drink. Well, I personally would say, okay, I will make room in my, like, diet for the sugary coffee drink because I'm going to really, really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you would probably have to twist my arm to get me through an entire diet. Uh, you're not a good drink. person So I'm ask. not a good person to but ask. health-wise, with your knowledge. I probably would still say... The full sugary coffee drink. That's what I would say, too. I mean, as long as you're not having excess sugar the rest of the day. Yeah. I would say the sugary coffee drink would probably be your safer option. 
it's, it's definitely going to be more satisfying. That's the other part, oh, too. Yeah. It's going to be more, like, they, when they've done research on drinks that have calories in them versus ones that don't, they, especially if you think that it's going to be satisfying, yeah. you're more satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry. Thanks for running with that impromptu. That was fun until yeah. somebody writes in and is like, I can't believe you told somebody to drink a fully <laughs> fattening, sugary coffee drink. Okay. So, wait, the other thing we didn't oh. cover, though, is that, yes, dial it back. But also, I do think that it's important to put more prominence on it, um, like put more emphasis or effort into trying to dial it back if you either are in a stressful period in your life or if you have a mental health condition diagnosed and you're like yeah. in a rough patch or whatever well, because that's just it's it's only going to help you well, stress and depression and a lot of your mental health conditions are inflammatory driven so and we just talked about how again. the free radicals i mean so it's just going to kind of make the storm yeah. bigger and it's you know the but fire. the thing is probably when you're stressed that's when you're probably more likely to reach for more of the diet drink oh gosh absolutely you know? yeah so. yeah okay did we get everything in you'd like to talk about yes ma'am we did thank <laughs> you <laughs> okay good deal anything any other downers you want to tell people no no more downers okay no. okay all right we'll, well be back next week see you then Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye! Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.